Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning. And speaking of beauty, we're going to talk to Kimberly Smith today, who is a beauty and cosmetic expert. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning. How are you today? I'm feeling wonderful. How about you? Woke up this morning. I'm great. Great. <laughs> Good to go. Yes. Uh, got a chance to ride my motorcycle over here in the sun. Okay. Oh, perfect day for that. That's right. My engineer is just, he's just, he's just, He's envious <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> so how did you get into this beauty world and cosmetics for women of color? Yes. So I think how most businesses start, I saw that there was a gap. There was a need for um, women of color to have a safe space when it comes to beauty. And living here in D.C. for about uh, actually over 12 years now, I was I was getting tired of, you know, going shopping at different places and not feeling that um, the beauty stores in the district were really inclusive and really created an environment where women of color could go and um, find our needs met. So about two and a half years ago, I came up with this bright idea. <laughs> oh, okay, well, why don't I start what I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that there was anything that existed, not only um, here in the district, but also in, in the country, period. So it was just, okay, if I don't do it, I know someone else is, is going to do it. So you're following the footsteps of Madam C.J. Walker? I would say I am proud uh, to be following in her footsteps, yes. Um, She definitely was a trailblazer in forming her own path when it comes to beauty and understanding the needs of other black women. And I think, you know, me and I would say my small way, I feel like I'm doing the same in addressing the needs that we have currently in the year 2019. Okay, so... I just think black women are the most beautiful things that God created. So <laughs> you're going to try to enhance that already beauty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that, this beauty part and what you're doing. But sure. talk about the co-op world. How did you get into a co-op yes. and what kind of co-op are you? Sure. So I would say how I started. Um, So what Marjani is, and that's the name of my business, Marjani, I started as an e-commerce website selling uh, skincare products, uh, bath and body products, cosmetics, and strictly doing it online. But when I thought about what I wanted to do, I always knew that I wanted to have a brick-and-mortar space because beauty needs to be experienced. Um, although, um, you know, online shopping is, is popular, obviously, and it continues to grow, there's nothing like the authentic experience of going into a store and being able to look at products and try, and try products. Um, I believe 
really beauty. It's, it's a tactile experience. So having that vision in mind, the e-commerce site truly was, was just my start, just to kind of get the brand out there. Now, when the cooperative comes into play is that, um, you know, here at District, trying to find commercial space um, can be challenging. Um, one, financially, it can be mm-hmm. challenging. And two, just finding the right space that's going to reach your demographic. So, so, so when, when um, you say challenging, you're talking about whether or not you have enough money because the space for exactly. retail is very expensive. Yes, yes. And you, really expensive, yeah. You decided to go to DuPont Circle. That's I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DuPont Circle, it was very strategic in that um, I wanted to be where where we work, where we work, where we socialize. Um, you can find a lot of women of color that are here um, during the workday, but then coming on the weekends for brunch or coming after work for a happy hour or dinner. Um, I didn't want to be where where we live, and I think there's a notion that as a black-owned business, we have to be located where we reside. And I wanted to, you know, kind of change that in that we can be where we actually are on a nine-to-five. And it was really important for me to be somewhere where we were going to get walking traffic during the day. So around 12 o'clock, there, we can have someone come into the store versus just being a weekend place or just when people come after work. And so I remember vividly, myself and my business partner were looking for spaces. You know, we looked all over D.C. in different neighborhoods. And when we were in DuPont Circle and we were in this actual space, which is now the Brown Beauty Co-op, I remember just seeing um, black women just walk by the door, like a number of black women. And I thought, okay, we need to be in an area like this where um, where we are. And people don't think that we are. Um, I, I think um, it's really important for us, you know, as, as black people, as much as, you know, people are moving out of the city, I think it's important for us to continue to be in the city and not only live here, but have our businesses here. Um, and so on this corridor of, of Connecticut Avenue, there are four black-owned businesses, and I believe that there's one more coming. And I think that's really important for us to show that we can be um, located anywhere around this city, and our customers are going to seek us out. So you did your marketing study. You went to the yeah. site, and you looked at foot traffic. Okay. Yes. yes, foot traffic was extremely important. Okay, but now why co-op? Okay, so why co-op? So as I was mentioning before, that you know it can be really expensive to operate a retail space, a brick and mortar space. And so um, last, it was March of 20, 2018 when um, myself and my best friend, she was in the process of um, launching her business. She wanted to create a community space for uh, for for natural hair enthusiasts. And we started thinking, like, okay, well, we're kind of, you know, we have the same demographic and we're in this beauty space. It would be great if we partnered together to find a space that we could share. We could share a retail space. And um, having that conversation in March, to me, it started making sense because what was 
what was challenging to me in thinking, okay, how can I operate a retail space? It's really expensive. How can I afford the rent? How can I, you know, the operational costs, the build-out of the store, all of those are costs that just eat <laughs> right away. When you're a new business, that is extremely, you know, a hefty, a hefty price ticket to even think about. And so we came up with the idea that let's create this cooperative where we could find a space where we could operate both of our businesses, but we could create more than our businesses. So let's make it um, more than just a retail space. So I'm operating um, what was once my e-commerce site. I'm now operating that in this retail space. My business partner, she's created um, this natural hair community space where women can come and get educated on their natural hair. She flies in natural hair um, experts to come in and do demos and then collect Collectively, we're running this beauty cooperative and that we're providing not only retail products, but we're providing services for our customers. So it's more like an um, entrepreneur retail kind of cooperative. It, it's, it's not a true cooperative in that it's, it's not a nonprofit. We're oh, not, co-ops don't have to be nonprofit. They don't have to be nonprofit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so this one is not a nonprofit or and it's not that we are um, pulling resources on the retail side because we're operating both of our business separately, but we're pulling our resources to actually operate this space that we are currently in. Okay. So you found a need, a need for beauty yes. care and natural hair, your, your yes. best friend. And yes. then you decided that you would join a, a co-op <clears throat> so you could share in the expenses and you yes. can operate both both businesses. Exactly. Okay. Where did you learn about co-ops? And I say that because mm-hmm. I learned about co-ops much later in my career. And it's not, I do I do housing um, management, mm-hmm. and I learned about them by managing housing co-ops. So mm-hmm. I didn't learn about them in school or anything. So how did you learn about co-ops? You know what? I would say when we were planning out what the business, what the framework was going to look like, I don't know if we necessarily thought, oh, we're creating this co-op, we really were thinking at the time, okay, how can we leverage each other to make this business happen? And so, um, and I, I'm an attorney by background. And so as I was wait thinking minute, Wait about, a minute, wait a minute, you're what? I'm an attorney by background. Attorney, um, what? Why yes. How did you? As I quickly okay. go over that. Okay. I quickly, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I quickly measure that. Okay. Keep going. I'll come yes. back to that. Too. Yes. But yeah, so with my legal background, I was thinking about the structure and how we could, one, share and collaborate, and at the same time, keep things separate. And so it's interesting now that, you know, when we post, I think we're like eight months past um, opening the doors of this co-op, when we were thinking about, okay, we want to do this co-op, I have to tell you, I don't really know if in the beginning we were really thinking about, like, we are creating this co-op. We were just honestly thinking of a solution to a problem, and the solution was collaboration. Okay, so you want to share and work together. You want to work together, Mm -hmm. and you want to keep your businesses separate. Right, right. So I, I think of things like Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware is a group of hardware stores throughout the nation, and they are 
they are a cooperative and that they are purchasing co-ops so that they buy from all of their stuff that's in the store. Not all of it. They can buy out, go outside the co-op to do it, but then they, they buy all these things so they get a lower price because they can then therefore compete against the big box stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's, that's just working together to get their costs down. So you're sharing your costs so that you, your company does not have to have the cost of the store in DuPont Circle, which per square foot is very high, particularly <laughs> compared to if you went to Ward 8 across the river somewhere, mm-hmm. the, the cost per square foot would have been probably one-fourth, one-fifth of what it is in DuPont Circle. Mm-hmm. So you got this high cost because you want to be in a neighborhood where your customers are. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So right. you did your marketing study by going there and looking at the foot traffic. So you say, this, this is it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now you say to your friend, let's, let's do this together. But what I don't, I haven't gotten yet is how did you find out about co-ops? I, I got the, the problem and what you're trying yeah. to do and how you're trying to work it. And co-op turns out to be the solution to your, your, your problem or your opportunity that you can do all of this. Mm-hmm. But where did you find it out? Did you look in law books and say, this is it? Did you, and trying to incorporate? You say, hey, here's, here's the way we're going to incorporate. Yeah, I, I would t- I would tell you that you know the formal word cooperative. We kind of we, we what we created ends up being a cooperative. But I don't know if we were thinking, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to explain that correctly, we didn't set out to say, okay, this is going to be the formal model. It really was just me trying to figure out structurally what made sense for us to be able to do this business structure that really was kind of new to the both of us okay. and, and, and new to a lot of people. So along the way, Kimberly, it, I got to yeah. stop you. I'm sorry. We got to take our first break and we're going to sure. come back and get this conclusion of how you got this and your, how do you went from being a lawyer to retail? All right. We'll be right back. Information is power. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative, and the National Cooperative Bank sponsors this program for the last almost six years so that we can give you information. If you use that information, then you can have power. And what we were talking about before break was how Kimberly Smith got information about co-ops to help solve the problem that she and her best friend wanted to share and work together and why they wanted to keep their business separate. And so we were talking about how did you find out about the model of cooperative? Yeah, and I, and I was just mentioning to you that I don't know if when we did this, we didn't necessarily research, you know, how to set up a cooperative. So it, it's, it's so funny now that thinking about this and kind of, you know, um, working backwards and how we started, that we were doing the work of setting up a cooperative without 
really doing the work of setting out to create a cooperative. It's very interesting um, because structurally I was thinking of how can we operate the way we wish we wish to operate, which is have a joint business on this one hand, but then operate separately on the other hand. And then so intuitively, you know, we felt that what we were doing was a cooperative, but honestly, I would tell you that I don't know if in the beginning, you know, we were we set out to say like, okay, this is gonna be um, you know, a recognized cooperative. Mm-hmm. We just knew that, um, and I just knew um, legally that I wanted to structure it in, in a way that kind of suited what both of our needs were. Yes, this is very interesting to me because as as a lawyer and who's going into business, you have in your head, this is what I want. I, mm-hmm. I want a business. My best friend and I can come in and work together and share expenses, share space. And we, I'll have somebody to talk to about what I'm trying to do. And she'll have somebody to talk to so we can share ideas. And we can do this in a way where we can keep our business separate. We can, I can have my books and what I'm doing and my sales and my share of the expenses mm-hmm. and then my profit. And she can do the same thing with her books. Right. So we, we're working together and we are separate. And so right. somewhere in your legal experience, I assume you mm-hmm. found out about this thing called a cooperative. Did, did you at all in your education, undergrad or grad? And where did, where did you go to school? I went to Penn State um, undergrad, and Yay, I went. Hey, I went there too. Many yeah. <laughs> lions, um, <laughs> and I went to UPenn for law school. Okay, so in in that education, did you find out or hear about or work on or live in a co-op or anything like that? So, in in that work, um, I did do corporate work. So I was in the healthcare space, but I was on the corporate side. So I worked with not only large health systems, but I also worked with um, more entrepreneurs that um, that were CEO and founders of healthcare companies. And so I worked really closely with them and, um, and growing their business, meaning that they would acquire different businesses, create smaller businesses, different arms of their business. So I was really familiar with structuring a business and just how to have different entities within one entity. And so that was more so probably in my mind at at the forefront. And I think going beyond what I was doing before in the corporate world was, okay, well, how do two businesses come together in a way that one is being is not being is not a merger, it's not an, an acquisition, but you have two equal partners in a way that are operating business but are still doing things separate. So I took what I learned, but then I kind of um, you know took it a step further and made it you know made it work for what we were trying to do, which is more so you know a cooperative model. Um, so I do think my past legal experience did lend itself to trying to figure out how to best structure what what we were trying to do. Neat. Fantastic. So is there room for other members of your co-op? You've got two members, you and your best friend. Is there other room for that? Yeah. And so the way I I structured it is that there is room for us to um, add on, um, to add additional members. It it would, you know, we would see like what makes sense and um, because we do want to be innovative in what we're providing, but there is room for that to potentially happen in the future and how we grow. So it is structured that way. Okay, so what I want to tell you about is there is a group in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They're called Ujamaa. 
at Ujamaa Collective, and mm-hmm. they worked and formed a worker co-op. They um, went out and got assistance, technical assistance from this group called KDC, and they were on last week in our program. But Ujamaa's been on a couple times, and Lakeisha Wolf is the executive director there, and Frankie Harris is they're two great women. I went up there and even bought some some gifts. They they are women of color that uh, are artists. Ooh, okay. um, so they they had clothes and jewelry and don't tell my family members that, but I bought Christmas gifts when I was up there this summer. Oh, starting early. Oh yeah. Well, it was just it the prices I didn't want to tell them but I did that they were too too low. <laughs> and I gave my daughter for her birthday last week one of those gifts, and she like she was so excited about it. So oh. the, their, their products are wonderful, and I think you guys could, in talking to Lakeisha and Frankie yeah. and then what you're talking about yeah. in terms of beauty and for women of color, and this, so their co-op is for women of color. Mm-hmm. And artists that make these things, and they'll they'll either go to Caribbeans and Africa and bring in products. Oh, uh, to, to I love store. it! I love it. This sounds something right, like something right up my alley. Yeah, I would I would think so. <laughs> I, as I talked to you before we got on, and and listening to your story and your enthusiasm, I'm getting the inside beauty of you and theirs. That's a, that that might be a really great fit. Now I don't know if you all would join together in terms of uh, being in a cooperative business together, or if you all would just share each other's products or something else, mm-hmm. or just or yeah, just buy yeah. from each other and celebrate each other. But it's it's two great businesses. So now I saw on your webpage you talked about from contracts to compacts. Yes. So contracts meaning legal and compacts meaning beauty. Beauty, yes. How do you make that switch? That seems like a stretch. I still ask myself that every day. (laughs) (laughs) How 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 did I get here? You know, if we if we would have met four years ago and you would have said, yeah, Kimberly, you're going to be doing this, you're going to own a beauty business, I would have looked at you, you know, like you're crazy. Like, no, that's not going to happen. I have no, that is not where my future is, is leading towards. But, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I mean, I definitely saw that there was a gap, there was a need. And I just have this, um, this this feeling inside me that, you know, if I have an idea and it's keeping me up at night, someone else is having the same idea as well. And so, you know, a lot of, since we started, um, we've been getting um, the, the phrase, it's like the Sephora, but for women of color. It's like what? And it's Sephora. Like- so oh. Sephora, you know, is a, is a large um, beauty store um, that's obviously pretty popular. They have stores all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have been comparing us to Sephora, and they say that, you know, either we're the black Sephora or we're the Sephora for, for women of color. And so, you know, to think that there has not been a space that um, that is like a Sephora and that it's upscale beauty, the retail and services, that something like that doesn't exist that caters to women of color, I mean, I still find that that's surprising. So that is how I got here. I just had this feeling that kept me up at night that there needed to be a space like that that was here in the district. And if I didn't do it, someone else would do it, and I would kick myself mm-hmm. for not doing it myself. 
And that literally is how it started. And when I started the website, I was still working full time and, um, you know, working full time for about two years. And then when we, myself, my business partner, you know, we had this co-op idea. We, you know, we were planning on um, opening our doors in December of 2018. It came down to, okay, we're starting a new uh, business and one of us has to be here. And that person ends up being me. And I, and the way I thought about it is if I'm starting a new business, I need to be here. I need to understand this business from A to Z in and out. And so I made the transition from, you know, having a, you know, working a full-time job, running a business to being a full-time entrepreneur. And there was no transition. It was, this is what needs to happen. So that's why I tell you, when I think about what I'm doing right now, I, I sometimes look around the store and I say, how did I get here? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, the idea got you there and then the action on that idea. I yeah, got it. I mean, I was practicing law and now I am, um, I'm doing something that really is my passion. So that's what got me here. I would say that like, you know, the motivation, you know, understanding the um, the business need, but I would say ultimately it's my passion that got me here. It's my passion that wakes me up every day and gets me excited to come in here. Okay. We, we have to go to our next break. I uh, just want to, do, do you go to work now or do you go to play? I mean, is it fun, exciting? <laughs> do you wake up like, yay, I get to go. I get to go and play in beauty products and meet awesome women every single day. So I don't know if that's, I don't think that's work. Okay, that's what I'm thinking about. All right, we're going to take our next break and we'll be right back. I want to go into some of your products. Okay. Okay. This is Vernon Oaks. The program is Everything Co-op. We are sponsored by the National Cooperative Bank. They've sponsored us for, well, in October, it'll be six years, and we were only going to do this for one month. And it got to be so exciting. We've been doing it now for six years. Yeah, we're going to do it for the month of October, which is Co-op Month. And we've just been having so much fun. And somebody from the bank asked me, Kimberly, do I see this becoming like uh, every other week or uh, what do I see for the future? And I said, oh, no, I see it every day. (laughs) There's so much to talk about in so many different areas. So let me quickly say there are four different types of Mm co-ops. There is a uh, the worker co-op. So any business could be a worker co-op, and that's what Ujama is that we talked about earlier, where the employees own and control the business. Mm-hmm. And then it can be a consumer co-op, and that's when the people that buy the products or services that own the business. And uh, credit unions are a form of those co-ops, housing co-ops. There is a, a health clinic in in uh, Wisconsin Madison, Wisconsin, where the patients own that medical clinic. So it's a patient-centric medical clinic. So those are the two major ones. And then, oh, there's also 
rural electric co-ops. Rural electric co-ops, they provide electricity for 75% of the land mass of the U.S., and they are owned by the consumer that uses those that electricity. Then you have the other two types uh, that mostly farmers use, and the Department of Agriculture and knows the most about co-ops in the U.S. government. But the farmers will come together and collectively buy products together, so they're purchasing co-ops. Um, they buy fertilizer and gas, and some of them buy their equipment, and they would all use that different equipment, big equipment. So. That and now artists uh, like us are beginning. I I talked to a group in Ithaca, New York, mm-hmm. that formed a co-op, and they're more like U- Ujama. They but with more painting and wood carvings mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And then they because no one artist could could buy that space you were talking about, mm-hmm. okay, because of the cost. But as a collective working together, then they can all buy that space, and then they can keep their own business like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the flip side of the farmer, so you have a marketing co-op. Some people call them producer co-ops. So like farmers that came together and formed Ocean Spray and Organic Valley and Cabot Creamery, where they come together and these farmers would put their products in them and they can make get to more markets and get a better price and a more sustained price, no matter what's happening out there in the commodity world, they can therefore survive and minimize risk. So people come together and form co-ops so that the individual members can both work together, either get a higher price for their products or a lower cost for their, their cost of goods, and they have control and say. And there are seven principles of co-ops and the values of honesty, openness, social responsibility, and caring for one another. This whole piece of caring for one another is one of the reasons I really love co-ops. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your products. Yes. So um, the mission is that, um, you know, we're taking a 360 approach to this and that, okay, one, this business, this co-op, our businesses are um, owned by black women. Um, two, we are curating products that are owned by people of color. So when you buy a product from us, you know, you're supporting the brand. Um, not only are you supporting us, but you're, you are supporting the brand. So we really like that in that, you know, we're taking the middleman out of it. And so we focus on products that are um, not only from the DMV, but all over the world. We have products that are here from Sweden, um, from Australia, from from the UK. Uh, but then we also have products that are here um, that are created locally by um, by people of color that are in the DMV. And that's really important too, I think, as well, to have a platform where we can um, showcase all of the amazing products that are being created right here in in our own backyard. And, you know, what I also want to mention about this co-op is that, um, you know, yes, it's it's part retail. We're trying to sell products. We do have events at the space, but we're also an incubation and that we want to highlight, we want to help new brands that are entering the the beauty market, we want to get them prepared for what's to come in the retail space. And so with that, we have um, several incubation initiatives where we're working with local makers and helping them to reach their um, their customers directly. And so that goes along with um, really well with the products that we feature in the store that, you know, products that people know about and products that you don't know about that are equally as amazing, if not better, than some of the products that you're finding um, at, at the at the big box retailers. 
So you don't manufacture products yet? No, we do not manufacture products. Yeah, and I will yeah. say yet, I will put that yet on it because <laughs> that is something that um, that I have been thinking about and that is on uh, my, my plans, uh, my plan for, for the future. So I will say yet. Okay. So in looking on your webpage, you've got skin, face, yes. cheeks, mm-hmm. lips, eyes, body, yes. and then you go into the different events that you have. Mm-hmm. And you have the different brands yes. first. Yes. So um, I just didn't know there were so many different products looking for oh, this. Yeah. And, it, and there's more to come. <laughs> so there's more to come. We are consistently adding new products to the platform because the number one thing is that we want women of color to know that they have options. They have options when it comes to beauty. You know, you're not being relegated to an aisle in a drugstore. You're not having to go to a place where the products are, are locked up or anything. There's so many amazing products out there for us um, that have been created specifically for us that I honestly can't um, house all of them in the store. <laughs> but um, but there, there's so many amazing products. Like, that just gets me happy. I, I When you were asking earlier about, you know, do I come into play, I really do uh, because if I'm not testing a new product, I am actually using the products that I, that I have in the store personally. Okay. So when I'm looking over this, Mm-hmm. And I see body washes and scrubs, mm-hmm. bath salts and soaps, and body oils, mm-hmm. and natural deodorants. I'm going foot care. All of this body stuff, I don't know what yeah. butters are. I know what palms and lotions are. But yeah. all of this in this section, it could be men, or product mm-hmm. for men. Yes. And I like taking salts and soaks, yes. particularly around meditation and stuff. Yes. So have you at all thought about I know you're just getting started yeah. December uh, yeah, yeah. 2018 and it's probably too early <laughs> to put this into the space but I was just wondering if there's a way that when if a man came with his significant other or daughters or mom or something that there might be something in the store uh, or online for men yeah yeah no so that that's a great question we are um well I am thinking about that and um it's it's something where I'm just trying to find the right products, and then also with that, just find out how to best market to men outside of just women coming in and buying products for their significant others. Um, we do have some men actually that come in here and buy some of the uh, moisturizers that we have. Uh, so some of the moisturizers aren't just for women. So that actually has happened, which I thought, okay, I definitely need to make sure I'm having products, you know, that really speak to them because, you know, they want to take care of their skin as well. So that is something that I am in the process of curating. So just trying to find the right products. But, yes. We will have some um, a selection for men as well. Okay, so how have you been doing since December? You're half a year in. Yeah. Uh, how has it been going? It's been going really great. I mean, I am. I'm really. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I, I am still surprised because. You know, it's one thing to have a great idea to feel that, okay, if I am feeling this this way that there's a need for it, if my, you know, the, the women in my life are feeling the same way, there has to be other women that also welcome a store like this. So even having that thought, there's nothing, you can't really describe how it feels when it actually happens. 
and the response is more than what you envisioned. And I, I will tell you, um, we've had women come into the space and they just, just say thank you. Thank you for creating this space. You know, thank you for being here. Some women come in and say, wait, how long are you going to be here? Is it a pop-up? <laughs> and you we say, go, no, you we're go. going to be here as long as we, as you guys will support this store. <laughs> so it has been, it has been overwhelming in a very positive way. So what is your address and how can people contact you? Yeah, so the address is 1365 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Suite 100. And the easiest way to find us is everyone knows um, the, the Krispy Kreme, um, the, the Krispy Kreme Donut Shop. We are directly across from Krispy Kreme. Um, and the phone number here is 202-506-2582. And my website is marjanibeauty.com. That's spelled M-A-R-J-A-N-I beauty.com. And how did you choose the name Marjani? So the name Marjani means coral. Another translation is she who is precious like coral. And when I was thinking of starting the store, I wanted to, I wanted something that to me represented just the beauty and the strength of women of color. And I felt that coral was, was that. It's one, it's, it's a shade that looks beautiful on all skin tones. And I think just think of just how powerful and precious women are, like precious stones, that just kind of resonated um, in me. And I just wanted to take that name and then just really make this business about exactly who my target is, women of color, um, women that look just like me. So when you say coral, you're not talking about a reef or bells. You're talking about a color? I'm talking about the, uh, the semi-precious stone. Which, you know, coral is obviously in the reef, but yeah, talking about the semi-precious stone and the different shades of the actual color itself, too. Yeah, for both. Okay, so if I look at the stone, which I just checked out, you got coral rings. Oh, I got it. Okay. So the the green, the ash, the gems. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Marjani is she who is precious like coral stones. Mm -hmm. Beauty. Okay. So you get to go to work every day, you get to play, you get to check out new products and use those products and then help other people use them. Yeah. So we're going to take our final break here in a minute. And when we come back, I'd like for you to talk about how to use your event space. How can people sure. use that space? I don't know, birthdays, I don't know, but we'll talk about that when we come back. Okay. And what kind of message would you like to leave people with, particularly when you start talking about living your life, living your passion? We'll be right back. News Talk, 1450 AM WOS at 95.9 FM. Welcome back. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. And we have the absolute, I have the pleasure 
of talking about beautiful black women and how you can bring out that beauty with Kimberly Smith, who is an attorney who started a company, Marjani Beauty Products. Okay, so you can get to play. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about your event space. How do you use that event space? So we use this event space. The primary goal is that it's going to, whatever the event is, is going to touch the mind, body, and soul of the black woman. So we're open to having all different types of events. It doesn't have to just be beauty. For example, um, in addition to what I've, you know, events I've had around beauty, makeup demos, um, hair demonstrations, we also allow other businesses um, and brands to come into the space. There's um, a group of therapists that work across the street that have their office across the street. They had a self-care and entrepreneurship panel. Um, We've had a group come in and talk about sexual assault. Most recently, there is a a podcast called Cafe Mocha. Um, They came in on Saturday and uh, just did a networking event for other entrepreneurs in the area. So we pretty much have had a litany of, of different events here, but um, we, and we welcome people into the space. We just need, we, we just make sure that it's going to be something that our target audience, that they can walk out with something, having learned something, having felt something, um, just something outside of the ordinary and where you go into a regular retail space. So we open it up to um, nonprofits. If they want to have a fundraiser here, we've done that as well. If there is a, a brand that we may not carry on the shelf but wants to do a pop-up, we open our space to them um, also. So um, it, it's, it's, it's a wide range of, um, of, of activities that we allow um, in, in the space. But our main thing is that we are supporting women of color, whether they be the owners of the business. But we are also providing some quality programming for, for our customers and for, people, and for women of color that want to come in and tap into something different. Okay. How much space is and how many people can get in the space? Sure. The space is 1,040 square feet. I would say the largest event thus far we've had um, outside of, of our grand opening, we've had about thir- up to about 35 people in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you opened, how many people did you have? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. It was, it, it, you couldn't move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know. There was a lot of people. In, and I imagine, you know, we're going to celebrate um, our one-year anniversary in December. Uh, so, um, you know, I imagine that it, it's, it's going to be just as crowded for, for so, that as well. So in December, uh, what have you got a date yet? Yes, we do, actually. Saturday, December 7th. We're going to celebrate our one-year anniversary here in the space and just, you know, celebrate black business. And people can buy their Christmas gifts then? Yes, they can. They can. Or they can start buying early like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I may come down. I just would not. I don't know if I would know what to buy. In terms and that's of what we're products. here for. We, we're, we're here to help guide you. And, you know, depending on who you're shopping for, we can, you know, point you to different items that we have on, on the shelves. So it, it, when I talked about Ujama before and I'm looking at these stones, it would be interesting if you could do a deal with them where they created jewelry out of these stones, out of these coral stones. Oh, that would be great. I, I like that. Now look at you. Just 
giving out great ideas on how we can collaborate with us, with other businesses. That's a really good idea. See, the, the core model, the fifth principle is information, education, training. Mm-hmm. And what I've liked when, when I go to co-op annual meetings and so forth, giving information is, is what's there. Mm-hmm. Folks don't hoard it. They, they give yeah. it because yeah. they know that it's, it's when you, you're helping another co-op, Mm-hmm. You're helping people, and yeah. that if you if I help you, then you will help somebody else, and then we're all grow. That's caring for each other, and this yeah. is just in the in the sort of sense of the, what the co-op is all about. And that's the fifth principle, and the sixth principle is concern for a community. So it's building the DNA to be concerned for the community. All of the kinds kinds of things when you talk about uh, sexual harassment and, and then talking about that for women and what they can do and bringing that in in terms of how do you you've had something happen to you that's bad how you not let that carry you for the rest of your life how do you lift up and show your beauty so it fits it all yeah. fits in and fits in with this model and the seventh principle is cooperation among cooperatives so sharing caring for each other so yeah and if you can make some money out of this idea Mm-hmm. Help somebody else. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so based on what you've been learning and going from contracts to compacts, mm-hmm. what would you like to leave people with? What kind of advice do you have for people? Sure. Um, one thing I would say is, you know, planning and strategizing is really important when it comes to business. But I do have to say that you can't outplan yourself from getting started. You can outplan you, yourself. Yes, you can. So don't allow yourself to outplan, to keep focusing on the plan, keep focusing on the business plan, keep focusing on the strategy and, and, never and all get started. this. But you never get started. So that would just be um, my, my um, just a, a little nugget of advice, just don't outplan. You have to do it. You have to know where you're going, obviously. So you need to have a, a, a firm foundation, but just don't get so stuck in your head that you, you know, you become immobilized and you can't move forward. So go for it and just do it. Do it. Get out there and do it. Yeah. What about figuring out what your passion is and doing something within your passion? Yeah. When it comes to that, I would say for the longest time, I didn't know what my passion was. You know, as a practicing attorney, I enjoyed what I was doing. I knew that that wasn't my passion, but, you know, I'm someone who's very spiritual. So I just kept praying and saying, hey, you know, Lord, I just want to know what what am I supposed to be doing ultimately? And we live in a world where it's about youth. Like, you know, you're supposed to be doing this now. And sometimes you have to take the time to know that, you know, your passion may not be revealed when you think it should. And um, it, it's going to come. And so for me, it, it just came within the past, what, I started the website, what, 2017? So it just came in the past, what, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So prior to that, although, you know, I was happy doing what I was doing in my legal career, I knew that was my passion but I knew it was going to be revealed at some point. And so I allowed myself just to kind of be led by, you know, this different opportunities that was, that was coming my way. And like I said, what was keeping me up at night and what was keeping me up at night was this business and getting started and, and figuring out a way to, you know, make a path for myself. And that's really what it was. And I think when you find your passion, you know it and you can't fake it. 
you can't find something that, you know, hmm, it feels like it feels like something. We find your passion, you know it, and you will work so hard to make sure that you follow through with it. So, so I would just let just tell people just to be comfortable and allow yourself time. You know, don't rush it. So about 10 years ago, uh, I figured out what I want to be when I grow up. Okay, and yes. and uh, I used to really dislike when people would ask me, "What do you want to be?" When I was a kid and growing up, "What do you want to be? What do you want to be?" And I never knew. So right. I decided that whatever I did, I would strive for excellence in whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was doing all of these things, striving for excellence. And about ten years ago, I decided I wanted to promote and develop co-ops. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. And then this radio program, which I never thought would happen because <clears throat> as a kid, I had a learning dis- disability. I had what they call a thick tongue. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't enunciate. And so I've, I've, you know, gone to speech pathologists and so forth. And every now and then it gets tied up. It's gotten tied up a couple times today. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like you don't let whatever is in the way. I mean, yep. whatever those things may happen, you don't let them stop you. you right. Just drive through it. And so now, like coming to here is just total fun. Yes. I really, really enjoy it. And I wish that for everybody. It's sort of like you, you don't have to work. Work seems to be drudgery and pain for most people because they're going to do something that they don't like. They wake up in the morning like not wanting to release the, the pillows because they don't want to go do what they're doing. Right. So do that until you can figure out what your passion is, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, and, and it will come. And just like you said, 10 years ago, and I said, well, I said about three years ago for me, but this, you know, both of us were, you know, living our lives and well into our career, and then we figured it out. So, mm-hmm. you know, just give yourself, you know, the, the time to let the passion, it, it'll come. And I don't think it was figure out. There was no sort of uh, mental gymnastics that I did it just sort of yeah. came as I'm doing things and I'm looking at things and it's like wow here it is bang mm-hmm. it was out mm-hmm. there it is yeah okay so what I've got is December the 7th yeah you can go to 1365 Connecticut Avenue Suite 100 that's 1365 yeah. Connecticut Avenue Northwest Northwest right across the street from Krispy Kreme's yeah. or you can call 202-506-2582 yeah or you can go to the webpage M-A-R-J-A-N-I Beauty dot com. Yes, and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, eleven AM to eight PM. Eleven AM to eight PM. Kimberly, it's a pleasure. Thank you so very much. I'll get by and see if I can buy some soaking stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. My absolute pleasure. Everybody out there, please have a wonderful week and live cooperatively. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOF, 95.9.